0: Thanks so much for allowing us in on this Friday. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm in for the guys. Uh, All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on, there is a little bit of an update from uh, University of Hawaii football, where today was the scrimmage. Uh, They went, uh, they were supposed to go max 40 plays. They went shy of 40. And it was kind of quick, actually, but uh, they did have scrimmage. Tomorrow, there is no practice. It was supposed to be a practice tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow's now a walkthrough. So if you're planning on going down to campus tomorrow, uh, make other plans. Go support a local business. Grab, well, it's what, would have been five-something at night, so... I don't know. Grab dinner, watch movie. I don't know. I don't know what you want to do with your time instead of uh, going to UH for practice at 5:30 or 5:45 or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, support local. That's the best thing I could tell you to do at that time. Or just stay home. Go to your uh, go binge watch a show. uh, Name a show, Keegan, that uh, that people could binge watch. Happy birthday, by the way, Keegan. Binge binge watch a show. I was I was told in the. uh, in the log there, Josh better wish Keegan a happy birthday. It says in our operating log, uh, give me a show to binge that uh, that people might want to binge since they can't go to UH football practice tomorrow.
1: Uh, hey, I'd say Hell's Kitchen is a good one.
0: Hell's Kitchen is a very good one. Um, I don't even know that that's the best Gordon Ramsay uh, uh, food contest show anymore. Or How
1: about Kitchen Nightmares? Same thing.
0: There's that. I mean, he has like four. He has this other. He has another one where you have like uh, different floors. I don't even know what that one's called. Uh, the just don't don't binge watch that instead of UH, UH football practice. Um, Uncharted with Gordon Ramsay, where he goes to different places across the world and has to put together a feast. Uh, he's challenged by a, a, a local chef. Goes out and and does all a whole bunch of different things. Um, it's on national geographic, which means uh, if you have Disney plus, uh, you could check out Uncharted. charter. There is a, uh, uh, there is an episode where he's on Maui, uh, and, 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 uh, Sheldon Simeon is, uh, one of the chefs he talks to on that one. Well worth a watch. What do you have Keegan? I
1: got one for you. Star Trek.
0: Yeah. Star
1: Trek, uh, or what was it? Star Trek.
0: Uh, well, um, there's strange new worlds, which is the, uh, the one that debuted just a couple of months ago. Uh, there's Discovery, which wrapped up its fourth season uh, earlier this year. In fact, a couple of months ago. And then there's Picard, based on uh, Jean-Luc Picard's character from Star Trek The Next Generation with the second season. I I think it's either later this year or next year. Uh, So if you're binge-watching, you're binge-watching old stuff. But there's your idea, in case you were thinking about going to practice tomorrow. It's not a practice anymore. It's a walkthrough. Uh, But Monday, uh, they get back to practice at uh, their regular time and uh, the cool thing about monday is that uh, we're gonna send chris hart and uh, our uh football sideline reporter hunter hughes down to practice uh so if you can't make it down it's okay because we're gonna have uh, a number of good guests joining the guys on monday you're gonna have uh, uh abella mimian who's gonna be with them just after the top of the hour you're gonna have uh, timmy chang at about 6 30 right before practice starts you're gonna have uh, Jeff Reinbold, who's uh, new to the staff, Director of Player Development, he's going to be on the air with them. Uh, Director of Athletics, Dave and Matlin, will stop by. I know there's going to be a lot of conversation about season tickets because that will be out to the uh, to the general public on Monday, and they want to see if they can uh, get all of those sold out. They want to make a, a really big push on that. So uh, that will be Monday's show. Jeff Reinbold was pretty much made official in the last 24 hours, by the way. As uh, one of the newest members of the University of Hawaii football staff, if you have a chance, go and check out the uh, uh, the the Twitter of Rob Demello of KHON2 Sports. Uh, Jeff Reinbold met with the assembled media. Uh, I don't know if it was today or if it was yesterday. I can't remember what day uh, because scrimmage was at Clarence T.C. Ching. I think they might have been on the grass fields before they went down there for the scrimmage. That so probably was this morning. And watch and listen to the snippet of Coach Reinbold meeting with the assembled media. I think it's a little over a minute long. It is uh, absolutely worth your time if you haven't had the opportunity there are a couple things that he said in that that uh, really stood out to me and tells you why Jeff Reinbold was as successful as he was as a recruiter going back to when he did it, you know, all the way back when uh, when he was on that UH staff, what, a decade and a half ago, just about. There's a uh, there's a genuineness about, uh, about him, and, and, and it's funny. I'm happy he's on the staff. I'm bummed because he was supposed to be one of our uh, NFL analysts uh, this coming year on this show. We were going to have him as a, as an unofficial uh, afternoon show NFL analyst because of his work with Sky Sports in the UK. He, In fact, he had said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this weekly. And then all of a sudden... Well, we can't do it because he's he's now a director of player development at the University of Hawaii. So, uh, no, we can't do a, a weekly NFL hit with Jeff Reinbold. Maybe there's an opportunity to do a weekly uh UH football hit with with Jeff. I I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out at some point if if the listener demands it, and I guess the listener can tell us if they demand it by texting the Zephyr Insurance text line. To, at 808-296-1420 or by uh, tweeting me at Josh on the radio or tweeting the show at Sports Animals. If the listener demands it, then I think we might have to try to find a way to come through on it, don't we? You know, as as uh, Jalen Rose always says, "You give the people what they want. But going back to, to Coach Reinbold, one of you know, one of the reasons why he was so successful, uh, as a recruiter, why he was such a key piece of that university of Hawaii football staff when he was on it, uh, so many years ago is, um, is authenticity. And you would, you would think you would make the assumption that you can trust someone right out of the, right out of the gate. You meet them, you talk to them. Um, you get to know them and, um, you, you, you get a feel and you, you kind of create that trust early on. Let's face it. There are people who are in recruiting roles and, um, player development roles. There are, there are people who are involved in, in college sports who let's just say are not very authentic. I don't have names to name, but I think as you watch college sports, uh, all you have to do is read the stories about coaches who end up getting fired or uh, read the stories about from players who talk about their relationships with certain coaches when they leave. And I think you would understand what coaches are really legitimate and, and, and which aren't. And I think the other way that you kind of find out is um you you find out the legitimate ones by seeing how how many of these players give thanks to their coaches when they leave a program or when uh, they go to the pros and they're asked like yeah who do you credit for for getting you here who do you credit for your success and you know normally you hear mom and dad and you hear family and you and you hear um, you know, without God, there is nothing. Um, but how many of them name their head coach? How many of them name the coaches that they worked with, or how many of them just just skip by? Jeff uh, said pretty bluntly in his uh, in, in his piece with um, uh, with the assembled media. We don't have the facilities. You know, we don't we don't have this. We don't have we don't have that. And, I, you know, most people know. I mean, you, you just look at the video and you're looking at him in the backdrop of the grass field across the street from the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex and next door to the Blue Shed, which is in between uh, the grass field and Rainbow Wahine Softball Stadium. And you don't see a big scoreboard. You don't see stands for people to sit in. You see grass and you see players going down a hill and you see um the dorms in the background yeah they don't have the facilities like other places do they don't have um a number of things but he said the one thing that we do have that makes us unlike any other program in this country is the people. And when I say Jeff Reinbold is as authentic as it gets, and I know we're starting off the show talking about a director of player development. It's it's not a normal way to start off a radio show, but hey, why not? Um, When you you see that authenticity, just just watch it. Just watch that minute plus, I think is what it is. And you'll understand why. Um, It is a clear... Uh, it, it is it is a clear feel of of love for the place, and, and he said at one point too. Um, you know, I, I I basically said I owe this place that I want to come here and give back in the back end of my career that uh, I want to come back and uh, give back to the place that has given me so much. I don't know how much he's going to be able to do. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, how, you know, it's it's very early to see what the impact is that he's going to have on this program. But I, I believe in my whole heart that if I look at his success four or five coaching staffs ago and on, on a staff that had, you know, very well-known names, and his ability to stand out and shine in a staff like that. This is not a staff, frankly, that has big names in the coaching profession. Timmy Chang is not a big name in the coaching profession. He's a first-year head coach. We've got a lot of the guys who've, who've moved from other places. There are not big coaching names here. He may be one of the biggest names now on this staff just based on uh, what he has previously done. But if by recognition and honesty and integrity alone, if he can go in there and connect the same way he has connected um, you know, with, uh, with football players looking to play at the University of Hawaii, I think Jeff Reinbold can be very, very successful. And he is a no-name. People know him, people have seen him, he's on social media, he is constantly, uh, when you see a, a player want to reach out, he's constantly you know, reaching back to people, he is active, he is involved, he is engaged. Um, it is. It was a tremendous, tremendous hire. I am a big believer in the hire, and uh, I can't wait to see how much he can really involve himself and immerse himself in this university of Hawaii football program. So it's, it's great to see him back. I'm just bummed that we don't get our NFL analyst every week. I think we were talking about Tuesdays, Jeff Reinbold of sky sports, talking NFL football on this afternoon show. I'm bummed. We lose that opportunity. Uh, But that is also just me being ultra selfish. Uh, but I think, hey, if if you think we should try to get Coach Reinbold every week, if you think we, we should do that, text in. Text us. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808 296 1420 and send us your uh, tweets at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the Radio. Keegan, what have you done? What have you done? What have you put in front of me? I'm not lying. What is this? Can you can you tell me what you have just put in front of me from ESPN 8, The Ocho? What, Keegan, I have just seen what appears to be a play-by-play person put on a wig. Uh, I see two guys dressed as, well, okay, one guy's name is Dirty Airy. The other's name is Nordic Thunder. This is an ESPN 8 The Ocho broadcast. What on earth are you putting in front of me here? What is this?
1: On The Ocho right now, it is the US Air Guitar All Star Air Off.
0: <sighs> is this live or is this not live?
1: I can't tell you if it's live or not. I'm pretty sure it's not. But...
0: My, oh my, oh my. <laughs> This is this is something. This this is very, very much something. I they have ESPN eight The Ocho, which is uh every year they take one of I, I assume the slowest days of the year and they exchange it for ESPN eight the Ocho programming and it is well um It's a mix of interesting things. I I would not have thought that U.S. Air Guitar All Star Air Off would show up as programming on ESPN eight the Ojo, but you know what they did have earlier? Corgi races. They had they had the little dogs and they had them at a a a normal like horse racing track and I can't forget uh, I can't remember where it was, but they had the little corgi races. On television, uh, I did happen to pay attention to that a little bit later on. They're doing death diving, <laughs> death diving, world chase tag, and uh, cornhole, which they've put this big, uh, uh, massive push on, on on television to give people uh, cornhole. It, it's a it's a thing. It's not just an Ocho thing anymore. Cornhole is now on basically several networks. It is super competitive. I actually watched it a couple of weeks ago. Um, they had... A, it was in like Buffalo, New York, I think it was. And they had a celebrity edition where they put a professional cornhole player, paired them with a member of the Buffalo Bills, and they would go up against one another. And I, and I didn't get the premise because I joined in late. So I, I turned it on and I was like... These cornhole players are exceptionally bad. I would not normally think you would have this in, like, a, a, a competitive cornhole competition. Like, what? Am, why am I watching guys who can't even hit the table come to find out these are football players who don't really play cornhole, and uh, for whatever reason, they were there. I don't know if it was for charity or just, you know, just for cool effect to to cross-promote something. They were there. It ended up being a lot of fun. It was uh, it was all good. Text us. There's Zephyr Insurance. Text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Tweet the program. Uh, we are at Sports Animals, and you can get to me uh, at Josh on the radio. Hey, high school football, by the way, uh, coming up this weekend. You had Farrington winning last night. I saw someone stat their first win since 2019. Of course, you may recall... 2020 was wiped out due to the pandemic. 2021 was a very odd year, uh, but for Farrington, really just kind of, uh, really just kind of ground it down last night in their win. Uh, a couple of games that are on the schedule over the course of the weekend, uh, in after the 42-7 Farrington win last night, games that are on my radar this weekend. We talked about them a little bit uh, yesterday. But uh, one of the big ones is out at Radford, and it's Kapaa taking on Aiea. That is tomorrow night. That is a 6:30 kickoff. Uh, you know, Kapaa has been, I think, right now uh, shown as the class of the KIF, and uh, we'll get to see them here. You know, there aren't a lot of opportunities a um, to really get great competition if you are a Kapaa, for example, because you've only got two other teams on Kauai. so. Uh, it's it's always difficult because a you're coming here, not a lot of teams are going to go out there, so uh, so you'll take that and Iea. I think it it might actually be one of the most uh, one of the most competitive games of the weekend. Uh, forget the rankings. Scoring Live has Kapaa as number eight in its power rankings and Iea at number eleven, but I think. Of of the star power that you have, and I don't want to take anything away from uh, from Kamehameha and Kahuku, uh, which I think will be really really fun uh, for its own reasons. You know, Kahuku uh, defending its state championship and getting the opportunity to play uh, you know on a on a new turf, on a new field at its facility, and and what is a great schedule that Kahuku has, not only. Opening up with with Kamehameha, you've got Punahou later in a non-league game. They've got them what, at 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 home. They have St. John Bosco uh, on the road in September. Uh, St. Francis later. That is a uh, that is a really really difficult schedule, and and fortunately for Kahuku, they have uh, great personnel that I think could get them to another state championship game. Uh, their first four games by the way at home for Kahuku but i i really do believe uh that may not be the most competitive game i think it's the most interesting game uh because it is the open division and it is uh you know the uh the defending state champion you know i think you're uh you're also really interested to see Kainoa Carvalho uh we recently heard his commitment uh, we'll see Carvalho on the field. The other, of course, I think dazzling type of game is St. Louis and Mililani uh, coming up tonight. That's going to kick at 7.30 from Mililani. But again, I think, I, I think that game leaves us more questions uh, than there are answers. Because the biggest one, I think, is the question of St. Louis and what does St. Louis look like? I don't know that any of us know the answers since there has been you know a lot of a lot of turnaround there in that program this will be one of the best tests for us to find out very early on on what St. Louis is although i again i'll be honest uh you do have to take into account that in the month of august you do have a lot of the academic ineligibles so some teams won't really be at full strength won't be entirely healthy uh until really September. So, St. Louis and Meelani could be very interesting. Will it be will it be the most uh will, will it tell us the most here in week 1 of of high school football? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh but yeah, all eyes to me go out to Radford tomorrow night and and uh the chance to see Kapaa and I a get together. I'll throw out uh, one other game, if you want to get kind of kind of interested in Division one, you want you know you want to look at Division one and Division two, open Division we will have plenty of time uh, to break down the teams in the open division, but the other one, which is tonight is Iolani and Kaiser. Uh, that I think is uh, gonna be a great game and Billy Hall has a uh, has a really good piece. In the honolulu star advertiser as they kind of wrap up uh, or ramp up their content uh, leading into tonight's game it's the 50th anniversary of the first kaiser football varsity season so i'm I'm not going to obviously read the piece for you but go to the honolulu star advertiser it's online and uh, billy's got a really good piece on uh, looking at the 50-year history of kaiser football leading to where they are now, where we've seen some fairly good Kaiser years uh, here over the last decade. Josh Pacheco in for the guys. It is ESPN Honolulu here at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thank you so much for allowing us in. Hope you got some good weekend plans coming up. All of our guests appear courtesy of our hotline. Uh, I've learned that there is somebody who works at ESPN who's got a uh, a not so subtle man crush on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I I can't confirm it, uh but it seems like for any NFL quarterback job that is potentially out there, whether it is because you've got a quarterback on your team that you're not sure is you know is is going to be able to handle the job um or You've got a guy who's right now suspended, as in uh, Deshaun Watson. We know he's suspended for six games. We don't know how much longer it, it's going to be. It's going to depend, as you heard Keegan Oates mention just a moment ago, it's really going to depend on the uh, uh, the individual involved in now hearing the NFL's appeal. Whatever it is, uh, there seems to be one person who is all in on Jimmy Garoppolo and that is ESVN front office insider Mike Tannenbaum, who was on uh, earlier today. Mike was on NFL Live. We played a, a, a bite yesterday, you may recall. And in fact, we'll, we'll play that first. We'll play the bite from yesterday first, and then we'll play the bite from today after that. And in both of those instances, he talks about Jimmy Garoppolo in different situations. So, for example... This was yesterday, Uh, Mike Tannenbaum talking about, well, what if Tua doesn't pan out in Miami, then what do you do? This is where Mike went.
2: If I'm Miami now, if Tua has any bump in the road, there's still four teams next year, Houston, Detroit, Seattle, and Philadelphia that have two first-round picks. So I think it's a great point. If I'm the Dolphins, my best opportunity to get another quarterback very well may be Jimmy
0: Garoppolo. Okay, so Mike Tannenbaum is on the Jimmy G train if and I guess we should qualify it with the if, if Tua Tonga-Vailoa does not succeed. My personal belief, I think Tua will have a better year than people are willing to give him credit for. I don't know if that is going to lead to wins, but I'd like to believe Tua is going to stay a little more healthy as compared to uh, uh La- well, not last year. Well, yeah, partially last year. But I-, I believe Tua will stay healthy for the for a good chunk of this year. But that was about Jimmy Garoppolo. Today, Mike Tannenbaum on Jimmy Garoppolo, but in a very different situation. This was on the Sean Watson situation in Cleveland. This is what uh, Tannenbaum said.
2: I would get on the phone no. with John Lynch, and I would not <laughs> get off the phone and get a deal done to get Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's <laughs> why. I like Jacoby said. He's a good football player, but... We're talking about a 17-game season, and right now, assuming Deshaun Watson's not eligible to play this year, Josh Rosen or Josh Dobbs is literally one hit away from playing in very meaningful games for a team that has a chance to be really good. So why not fortify that position? And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I see this as an investment in my future as a free agent in 2023, and I think it's a place where he could play really good football. And there's still enough time where about over a month away from the regular season beginning. So I think there's a sense of urgency for Cleveland. And as soon as I heard that the NFL was going to appeal, I would be on the phone with San Francisco trying to get something done.
0: Okay, I'll be honest. Um, Mike Tannenbaum, yeah, I'm sure kind of has a big belief in Jimmy Garoppolo. I do too. I feel like a lot of people have really ignored Jimmy Garoppolo's positive past. They've looked at Jimmy Garoppolo's injury past. They've looked at at times his inconsistency. And they have tried to prop all that up against his, you know, the expectations of someone who gets traded away from New England to ensure that Tom Brady doesn't have competition at the time. Um and brought over to San Francisco with the expectation that he can be a franchise quarterback. I am just a little surprised just just a little bit that more people aren't on the jimmy garoppolo bandwagon as mike tannenbaum is as i have been frankly mine has been a little misdirected i did believe going in that i thought jimmy garoppolo would be the starting quarterback for the san francisco 49ers in week one and i also thought that uh Jimmy G would probably be the starting quarterback for at least half the season. and it is it could still very well be likely that he's on the roster by week one because right now he is there. he is a part of that team. It's just that they they want to trade him and uh, and they want to figure that out. Now, um I do think a team really does need to seriously look at him, and look at their options for him. You know, the Browns and the Dolphins, we went through this list, I think, in yesterday's show, so I don't want to really totally go into this whole list again, but we went through a few teams that I I think we felt were teams that had to make a decision very quickly on Jimmy Garoppolo that needed to put their finger on the button, kind of like when uh, when you're in Family Feud, and Steve Harvey's reading off the question, and you need to hit the buzzer before the other person to get your answer in. It's kind of what some of these teams, like Miami, and uh, I believe Cleveland, and I believe Seattle, uh, really need to do. And I'll, I'll, I guess I'll throw out Houston in that in that situation too, that they need to have their hand right on the button, so that if something goes wrong they're right in. They have a they have a deal ready. They can go to a general manager of, of uh they can go to John Lynch and say, "John, let's face it. We'll overpay. And I think you probably have to. We'll overpay. We'll give up a few draft picks. Um, you know, we'll give you what you want. We can't win without a quarterback that we can trust. And especially in a place like Miami with what what they've spent if Tua doesn't get the job done, Miami's got to go out and offer the world to get a quarterback they believe at least can hold them together because that's how desperate that franchise is to win, not just win later in the year and come back from kind of a horrible middle of the month or middle of the year, not just that. uh, You need to win consistently, and they haven't haven't really done that. You know, in Cleveland... um, Jimmy Garoppolo, if that is the case, as Mike Tannenbaum said, could very well resurrect his career. That is not a bad team. It's not the Browns of old that you knew that the dog pound was in the dog house, and that's not meant as a good thing. That you didn't expect much, and you knew you'd have a rotating, revolving door of quarterbacks, because they had a revolving door of quarterbacks for so long. Um that is an opportunity to reclaim the trust of teams across the league that you still are, which is still crazy for me to think that he has to reclaim that trust, but you still are a darn good quarterback. You're just a little bit older and you're a little more beaten up, but you are still as I believe more talented than a lot of people give him credit for. And let's not forget, um, it's not just about the talent, but I think coming off of surgery, that arm's a little more fresh, and I think he can do really good things with it. But again, it will be who's going to strike first. And I think if you're Cleveland and you see a, a, an expedited ruling handed down by the NFL's um. Uh, uh, you know, the, the person that the NFL handed it down to, the retired Attorney General from New Jersey, that if you get a ruling here within the next week, week and a half, and it is for 12 games, anything more than 12 games, 12 games or more, I think you make the phone call, I think you offer a trade, and I think you you, you try to get something done by the end of that week and make it happen get something that is going to solidify your offense and is not going to leave you asking a bunch of questions in uh, in the first month of the year. If you are left in the first month of the year wondering if your quarterback that has been behind Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett, if that is the person that you can trust, if you're still questioning that, it's not going to be a very good year. You need to feel like you can trust someone at that position. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. That's how you can uh, reach out to us throughout the program. Leroy texts in. Leroy, thank you for listening in. The uh, same Leroy who said Aaron Rodgers is the Kyrie Irving of the NFL. Um, Kind of, yeah. Leroy says, Jimmy G better than most. The Niners may keep him as insurance as he is better than a backup. See, that's the... um, that's the conundrum that you find yourself in if if you're San Francisco. First off, do you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than a backup? I mean, with all the question marks around Trey Lance, they seem very willing to not believe that he is a starter uh, and really kind of pave the way finally after a year of question marks last year for Trey Lance to get the job. Um... That is really a question for San Francisco internally. But I think your your comment on him being better than a backup is probably the reason why the Niners do try to let him go because there is value in that. And it is a good commodity when you have some teams that are in desperate quarterback need. It actually can be a good commodity. Uh, to hold on to someone like that, if if you don't have the belief in, uh, you know, in in their abilities for you, hold on to somebody like that, and wait for someone to offer you the world, in order to to get them, because they know you're not going to play them, unless something happens with Trey Lance and they're stuck. They know you're not going to play them, and. They want to use Garoppolo as a as a leverage opportunity to get something back because I think they believe, just like you do, yes, he is better than a backup. So you know, when they say he's part of our team, you know he's not gonna he's not gonna go through everything like everybody else is. He's gonna relax, but you know he's still part of our team. That is uh, another word for he's here. Uh, He is a part of our team, but we're not going to rush. We're not going to force ourselves to make a trade. We're going to do what's right for the organization. We're going to try to get something back. And if there's anything that I think a Niners fan should uh, should feel good about is that I do believe that this front office has done one of the better jobs in the National Football League in the last two to three years of creating a competitor. And now the job is to maintain that competitor. I mean, you may recall how last year went. So, of of, of course, uh, the job is a little bit tougher this year in trying to take a team that really kind of surprised some people at the end of the year, made that run late in the year, and now either keep them there or get them onto the Super Bowl and make some kind of movement um, past what, what they did last year and I think they are capable of at least getting back to the playoffs at least being competitive uh, for the division in the NFC West. I believe they are at very least a wild card team. I mean, Debo's back and he was to me the most valuable player that team a year ago and you've got a, a dynamic dynamic weapon on that team but I will be willing to go as far as to say that I think the San Francisco 49ers can win the West. I am, I, I, I don't always like to read into headlines, but many times we can get caught up in it. We can very easily get caught up in the headlines. And uh, what I keep hearing over the last 24 hours about Matthew Stafford and his elbow, that it is kind of like a baseball injury. That they have to be very careful with it. That it is not a, it's it's not an orthodox type of injury that you see, uh, from from someone in football. The more I hear that for someone that has had uh, a lot of use of his arm, I think back in Detroit and how much his arm had to be used. Part of part of which being because Detroit was so bad that he needed to throw the football a lot. Guy's got a monster arm. He's got great strength in it. But that elbow has to be concerning. And we know what's going to happen. They're going to give him rest now. Uh, as they have kind of said that they are. They're going to give him rest now. They're going to uh, you know, kind of keep his usage to somewhat of a minimum. You're going to have to see him at some point. Um, and you're going to have to test him at some point against live fire coming at him. And you'll have to see A, whether he's protected well enough to handle blitzers coming his way. And B, they're going to need to run the football quite a bit. I think if the Rams want to win the West, given what we keep hearing about Matthew Stafford's elbow, however much you want to believe into the headlines, I think part of how they're going to end up winning the West is they're going to have to be a very good running team. And Stafford's got to make the important throws, it can't be about the volume, at least early on in the year. It's got to be about the effectiveness. This is, and I and I realize, and I'm trying not to make... Uh, you know, I'm trying not to make too big of a deal of it, but I'm I'm reminded of injuries and, and important injuries. And part of why I'm reminded of it is I think of Peyton Manning. When uh, Peyton Manning went to Denver, and he was really much less than what he was before. But it was not about, all right, Peyton's going to have to sling it 40 to 45 times. It wasn't about that. It was about making the right throw, the right reads. It it wasn't throwing the football 40 40 yards down the field because he didn't have the arm for it. He had uh, something more resembling, as, as they like to say, a noodle arm. And it was his smarts. It was reliance on a defense and a running game. It was not Peyton Manning that was going to get you to a Super Bowl at that point. It was Peyton's going to manage us. And if you want to keep Matthew Stafford around for 17 games with an elbow injury that I kind, it kind of sounds like to me is not going to ever go away, that he's going to have to live with for the remainder of his career, then, you know, good thing is they've got a phenomenal defense. That's a plus. Now they just need to run the football uh, at a at a better clip. Hey, great to have you in. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco in for Chris and Gary. It is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for uh, taking us along as we uh, get you a little closer to the weekend. We're almost here. We've got another traffic update coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, We'll see how things are on your commute home. Uh, A couple of notes to uh, take in tomorrow. If you were looking forward to going to uh, University of Hawaii football practice, we've been told Uh, There's no practice tomorrow. So if that was part of your plan, um, then you'll need to change your plans because they changed that from a uh, practice to a walkthrough. So uh, nothing for the media, obviously, because it's not a practice, uh, no longer open to the general public. The next one's going to be on Monday. So uh, come up with some other plans. Come up with some shows to binge watch. We came up with a few uh last hour so uh think of some shows that you want to catch up on uh i've been doing that at home here over the last uh a couple of weeks trying to just find stuff to uh to have on my radar just to to keep watching getting through the summer before we get the uh before we get the year started so uh that's an update for you of course monday they will be back at practice uh, we'll have uh, Chris Hart and, and Hunter Hughes down there. We'll do the, uh, the Bobby Curran show with both of them uh, down there at uh, University of Hawaii practice. Today was the scrimmage, and uh, we've heard a little bit about the scrimmage, 31 plays, that uh, it didn't get to the 40, but it did, uh, you know, it, it, it was low scoring. We saw a few things. We'll kind of get into that uh, coming up a little bit later on. I also noticed a lot of people... Really excited about Jeff Reinbold. Uh, we talked about him uh, right at the top of the show. Kind of just going by the, uh, the the interview he did with the Assembled Media earlier today. Uh, I think it was today. And he was kind of, you know, he, he showed a little bit of emotion. Uh, I don't think he cried. It looked like he uh, was was kind of potentially getting there. He's very much, uh, very much welled up because of the opportunity to to come back and the opportunity to, to to pay back a program that that gave so much to him. One of our texters texting into the Zephyr Insurance text line uh, that is Jeff, I believe it was it was Jeff says, uh, Jr. would probably work in Hawaii for nothing. A true warrior. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he is making to come back. I mean, he – the guy, I don't know that he has everything, but he's got a kind of really, really cool life. You know, he lives on the Big Island, or he, at least he has lived on the Big Island. He's got a house in uh, in the Puna District. You know, I, I know he was uh, – coaching has been on his mind even when when living there. I mean, every once in a while, he he travels to to London. I think it is uh, to go do his work for Sky Sports. That's something that's been uh, you know been kind of important to him. It's helped to, uh, I guess you could say, build his brand. But he's got uh, a, a really outgoing personality. He's he's um, if you've seen some of the stuff he's done on social media and you've seen some of his podcast stuff, uh, he was. Uh, talking to coaches from around the league he's created some of those connections he was working most recently with uh with major league football that was uh that's been suspended is uh is my understanding uh so they're not going to play i think this this coming year but there was some work done um that kept him kind of busy i don't know what i don't i don't know what's going to happen uh I don't know if he's going to sell his house in the Big Island, but all all I know is, uh, you know, we've we've all kind of gotten to follow his life. At times, when we when we talk to him here and there, when we we talk to him on the air, we see him on social media, whatever it is. Sometimes it's kind of like living vicariously through Jeff Reinbold, which is not a uh, it's it's not a bad thing. It's kind of like taking a a, a pretty good ride around. Uh, a, a really, really good football life. But as we talked a little while ago uh, about him coming back, it may be one of the notable hires, maybe like notable, like you know you don't have a, a huge press release and you don't uh, you know, you don't make a huge big deal about it even though you know what uh, what, what part of the past he was uh, he was a part of, right? Going back over over a decade ago, you know, you, you you might not write a, a a a big welcome back presser about him, but you know what? You he doesn't need it. He can do all that work himself. He can go out in front of people. I mean, he could sell you anything. He could go in front of the media and talk about how grateful he is uh, in, in coming back, and absolutely mean it, which I think if you start to know him well enough, you absolutely know that he 1,000% means it when he talks about being able to come back and being able to give back to a program that has given so much to him. And not every program... I Not every program... I think gets that kind of person that comes back. It's it's weird when you pay attention to programs across the country. A lot of times when you see things, they're very transactional. Even if it's like a a, a former player who goes back to coach at a program, like I, I think DeMarco Murray's gone back. Uh, he's He's coaching at Oklahoma. I think he's coaching running backs there, if I'm not mistaken. But a lot of times you see something like that, and you're you're thinking, okay, that's just it's it's like a just another coach, and it's it, it you don't hear a lot of the same. Um, I'm happy to be there. I'm excited to be a part of this and and give back to a program. It it when you see that, it's like here's a former player coming back to their alma mater. But it is it really to come back and support the alma mater, or is it for that former player? is it an opportunity to build the resume what easier way to get into coaching to maybe create a a new career post playing um by going to going to a place that you played and um you know just uh coaching for a little while hoping you do a really good job maybe it lands you in the nfl as a position coach or a coordinator and you take the next steps, and maybe one day, in about fifteen to twenty years, you've done enough, and maybe you might be a head coach one day. Maybe it's in college, maybe it's at a in a, in an XFL setting, or, or maybe it's as an NFL coach. You build up that resume, and you feel like you know you're going into coaching at a place that you love, really for that reason. Not much for anything else, just for that reason. I, uh, if you haven't done it, I, I'm telling you. Go to Rob DeMello's Twitter from K H O N. Rob's our guy. Go to his Twitter. Watch the video interview that is uh, that is with Jeff Reinbold when he when he meets with the assembled media and take in kind of the emotion, take in the 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 genuine love for this place, and you try to convince me that it doesn't mean much. You try to convince me that he's just here; it's another job. I don't. I don't think you can. And that's and those are the kinds of people that really round out a staff. And in this case, honestly, um, for a staff that is, you know, it, it's 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 mixed with experience, an inexperienced head coach, a. Um, you know, uh, an, an ex, uh, you know, some you know guys have a little bit of experience coming from from different places. That a person like that, with his experience, a person like that with his love for the program, all of all of that, a person like that is kind of like an an X factor for a program. Uh, you can text us our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. Uh, right now, we are watching the uh, the remembrance to Vin Scully, which is at Dodger Stadium. Dave Roberts is talking. They just uh, they just unveiled a banner uh, to Vin from Dodgers fans. They basically said, we love you. Uh, right in front of the Dodgers television broadcast booth, the Dodgers team is out. Uh, right in front of the mound, uh, right behind Dave Roberts, who is uh, speaking. He's pointing up to the sky as uh, uh, they had a video montage that played earlier. And, and obviously, uh, I can't hear what's going on there because, uh, you know, we're doing the radio show. But Texter from the 497 uh, mentions here, chicken skin. Brada is singing somewhere over the rainbow to Dodger Stadium at Vin Scully Day in L.A. I I I'm gonna go by Texter's word because I can't hear it. Um That would be pretty neat if it did happen. I don't know. It, did it? Did they play it? Okay, Keegan heard it. Cool. Um that is that's special to to hear something like that. Uh, to hear a song so iconic as that, uh played for you know, at, at you know, played for the remembrance of someone so special like uh like Vince Scully. Uh, can you just tell me what what you saw? Because I was watching it, I can't hear it. You had the audio on in the control room. What did you see there at the end?
1: Oh, at the end, there Dave Roberts, uh, the head coach, coming out with this whole speech, and they revealed the banner. But after that, he had the entire crowd um, say out those five famous words: "It's time for Dodger baseball." <laughs> and the words he used was: "Yell, fifty thousand strong in Dodger Stadium, yell it out, yell it out loud, so that Vince Scully can hear you from Blue Heaven."
0: Wow. I couldn't hear any of it but when i when i saw him point up and it looked like he was trying to rile the crowd up now i know what it is and and, and thank you for paying attention to it that gave me chicken skin um you see all these people in the crowd with their phones some people crying um how it definitely is has, has impacted them uh yeah even with the sound off you know us doing the work that we're doing you could still kind of feel the emotion in that venue, uh, first pitch obviously delayed there in LA. They'll they'll start soon between the Dodgers and the Padres. Speaking of the Dodgers, Harold wanted to call in on the Dodgers. Harold, how are you?
2: Hey, aloha, Josh. Hey, I just wanted to confirm exactly what you were told and what just happened at Dodger Stadium. It was unbelievable. It was chicken skin moment. It was. Uh, if you get a chance to see it again, watch it uh, when. Somewhere Over the Rainbow came on by Brother Is. It was unbelievable. And, you know, 25, it's been 25 years since Brother Is, I believe, passed away. Uh, and that song still resonates strong. And uh, it, it was just an awesome moment. I, I'm just really glad uh, I got to at least see it on television. It sounds like it's it's, it's
0: making you choke up a little bit in uh, after you it heard did, it.
2: it. It did. It did. It was. Uh, I'm. You know, I'm not a Dodger fan, but uh, Juan Soto is in the lineup today, and uh, you know, it, this is going to be a game. Uh, to you know, if, if you if you got a TV in front of you, definitely check out this game. It's it's going to be a. It's a great day.
0: Thanks for the call, Harold. I, I appreciate you listening. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad uh, someone was watching it and, and and listening to it. And Keegan, thank you for your help. In that, uh, they just took a, a team photo behind the mound, and they have uh, Vin uh, chalked in right behind the mound, right next to uh, one of those uh, sponsorships that they have that everybody's doing now where they're selling sponsorships behind uh, behind the mound so that everybody can sees it, see it on TV. Uh, they put that right next to it, and they're showing a, a big memorial right out in front of the, the big Dodger Stadium sign, which fronts Vin Scully Avenue. Uh, they showed a, a, a lot of fans who have put flowers and signs, messages, uh, whatever it is that they wanted to put there to, uh, to show their appreciation for Vince Scully and his 67 years of broadcasting baseball, both in Brooklyn and in Los Angeles uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers as uh, the, the Dodgers' first home game since his passing it happened just a few days ago while the dodgers uh, were in san francisco by the way um it's not a secret now i guess uh but the university of hawaii football program just made the uh, official announcement of jeff reinbold as part of the staff as director of player development at UH. Not like nobody didn't know that. <laughs> he's he's only been there for a little while, but they had to, I, I guess, finish crossing the T's and dotting the I's, and I think they wanted to get him in an Aloha shirt officially in order to make it official, instead of just like, you know, the, the, the folks at the University of Hawaii, they really pride themselves in not rushing things out uh, making things look good. So, hey, Coach Reinbold, sorry, uh, you got to put an Aloha shirt on for, uh, for a photo. We're not going to introduce you as someone in like a cutoff shirt and, you know, just coming off of practice. So they put that together. Uh, that's now uh, now out and official. Uh, they've got that at hawaiiathletics.com. That Jeff Reinbold is indeed officially with the University of Hawaii baseball pro- uh, football program. You know, as we've been getting ready for, for high school sports, I have a few, uh, or high school football, uh, which started last night, continues this weekend with a few games. There are some wish list things that I have. And it's not just for, for this year, but I have some wish list things that I would like to see in high school football over the next few years. You know, the pandemic has kind of moved things a a little bit back and then of course as you know um, not having Aloha Stadium as a venue for fans has also pushed things uh, backwards. I will still not get over the fact that games are being played at Aloha Stadium a year ago with uh, nobody. That's just a really eerie and odd feeling. And should never happen again. And it won't. Because as of right now, there's nothing scheduled at Aloha Stadium. So we won't have to worry about that. But there are a few things that I would like to see here over the next few years. That I really believe uh, could be beneficial. I'll start with the open division. I want to go out of the box for a little while. You know, up until a few years ago, up until the pandemic... We had the OIA versus ILH scheduling alliance. It was somewhat flawed, but I think on the surface it was good. It brought you new competitions over the middle of the year. Um, you know, it was it was uh, it it was good for football. It gave you more even matchups. It gave you, in the open division at least, a a, a preview of what you could potentially see in a state tournament. It was nice, and then of course. The pandemic took that away. So in 2021, as we came back, uh, it was ILH versus ILH, OIA versus OIA. And we know why. Um, public schools and private schools have different protocols. It was uh, really going to be kind of impossible to to make that happen and have everybody on the same playing field. And, 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 of course, the OIA started its season later than the ILH did because of said protocols uh, re- relating to COVID-19 from the Department of Education. We don't have that now. But I want to take it a step further, and I just want to make this an open division conversation. I would like to see a branch out from the OIA and the ILH for those open division schools that I I know it might be a little tricky, but I would like to see a separate, quote-unquote, league. It sounds a little bit like what we're talking about with college athletics, with the Power Fives and the Group of Fives. But I want to take those Kahukus, Kamehamehas, Punahos, St. Louis's, Mililani's, you, you know where I'm going. And for football, I would like to see those schools separated from everybody else. So we're not going to call them the OIA. We're not going to call them the ILH. We're going to call them, I don't know, the Hawaii Select or the um, Hawaii Open League. I I don't know. I I don't really care about names, and I'm sure you probably don't either. But I I think the the premise is to kind of give you a little bit of, uh, um, you know, what it should look like. And you do a few things with it. One, you ensure that these teams play against each other and in high school football only against each other. Like I, I saw something on a schedule, St. Louis is going to Kapaa, uh, which I was not aware of uh, up until I saw it on the uh, Scoring Live website. And part of it, by the way, is because uh, usually we have seen schedules put out. Uh, like We'll usually get a schedule, and it has... Not just the league games, but it has non-league games that are uh, placed on the schedule. And we normally get that. Uh, We weren't given that this year. All we were given was a league schedule. Nothing about non-league competition. The schools, I guess, kind of just have that on their own. But you just have one game against each of those teams. What does it come out to? I think we have, what, what? Ten teams, I think, in in the open division. I think it is uh, between the the ILH and the OIA, and you play each other once. You have that many amount of games. You don't have to worry about scheduling a um, you know a, a a preseason opponent like having to play a an IAEA or having to play. No offense, of course, to any of those schools, but like an IAEA or a Kapa'a or a. Keala Kehe or anybody like that, you just play each other. The competition is level is good. It will help you when it comes to uh, you know to recruiting. And by the way, the answer is ten. I just had it on the top of my head, and it is indeed ten. Um, playing better, uh, better teams consistently looks better on your resume if you're trying to get to a Division one or a Division two or just a college program in general. I think it brings more interest to those particular schools. You know, you're playing up and you're scheduling up um, every week. But what I'd also like to see—this is the out-of-the-box box part It's not putting these schools together and playing by themselves. And you know, then you take from there. You take your top four teams, whether they are all four OIA this is this is the part that makes it different than what it is because right now the open division it is based on um you know, the ratios of schools in each league. So that's why you have the OIA that gets three schools and you you have the ILH that has one and I know there's a lot of people that believe it shouldn't be that way. So what you do, you just you you separate them, you put, all 10 of those teams, for football only, take them out of the OIA and the ILH and put them in a new league. Create a sixth league. Whatever you want to call that new league, create a sixth. I don't know how you do it in the bylaws. I frankly don't care. Just just do it. And then you have your top four teams. And if it just happens to be, I'll read in alphabetical order, Campbell, Kahuku, Kapolei, and Lelehua. And those four teams happen to be the ones that go to a state championship tournament because they are the top four. Um, So be it. Just meant St. Louis, Punahou, and Kamehameha weren't as good that year. Fine. You'll get no problem whatsoever uh, from people who have just wanted to say, hey, we want to see the best four teams. They might cry a little bit about the three-to-one ratio. We know why it's there. Okay, best four teams, you've got your best four teams. Here's the, that's not the the out-of-the-box part. The the out-of-the-box part is this. You create a scheduling alliance with a league on the mainland. It could be in the CIF, the Southern Section. It could be in Nevada. You figure it out. Figure out you. You work amongst the athletic directors of of um, of those schools. Figure out. You get one opportunity. To play a team that is out of your different, you know, out of your state, and you create a scheduling alliance that's a little bit different or, or a little similar to what you see in college football and college basketball. For example, um, you know college basketball has like the the SEC Big 12 challenge. You've got the Gavitt games, which is Big Ten, Big East. You've got a number of those. And you know it, it helps in scheduling because it's one game that's figured out by the conferences every year that the schools don't have to do. So if you want it to be with the CIF or you want it to be with the um, with another league in another state, you get to figure it out. You you know, you know, do whatever you got to do to figure it out. And then you create that alliance. And what that alliance would do, it guarantees you a game. So you have your one game, and it might be Bishop Gorman. Maybe it's uh, Moanalua who gets Bishop Gorman one year. Uh, maybe it's Mililani who gets Bishop Gorman one year. Uh, you know, the other schools in that league get some of these schools. And then one year you travel... One year you don't get to travel, you get a sponsorship, you, you you work out some kind of a grant, you work out something, you get everybody together, you cut the cost down, and you make it somewhat educational for the student-athletes because you know it has to be that way, and you create something kind of bigger than just what you're kind of doing with, um, with, with high school football, just, you know, going through the season and then going toward a, a state tournament. Do something different. Create an experience that is a little bit bigger than, than, than just what you're doing now. And I think you might find that it might be kind of fun I'll throw one more thing out there, and and you can chime in on our text line or Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. Things you'd like to see built into high school football here. Uh, Building on what is already fun, uh, you know, across the state with the five leagues. I'll give you one more. Uh, As you know, I am a big proponent of seeing neighbor island schools thrive. The Kapa'as... The uh, the Lahaina Lunas, those programs that have been uh, so very successful. So I want to take that a step further, because I know right now you have uh, every state championship is held right here on the island of Oahu. We don't know where it's going to be this year. Last year was at Farrington. Previously, well, there was none in 2020. Uh, 2019, of course, at Aloha Stadium, where it was pretty much every year before the pandemic. Uh, Again, it hasn't been announced this year. There is an obvious money-making reason why you have it here. Um, There is television. There is uh, the chance for a really good gate. All of that does go back and support high school sports, which is... Uh, and and support running these state championships, which is very important. You want to keep all that going. But I would like to see, and this is more toward I think where the athletic directors kind of have to get together and see if they think they could do it. I would like to see the Division Two state championship game rotated around uh, the different islands, because Division Two brings so much variety. And who is eligible, and and who competes for that championship every year? You know, I would love to see. Uh, on Maui, you've got options. You got War Memorial. You can take it over to uh, to Suell Cooley Stadium in Lahaina uh, at Lahaina Luna's home field. Although Lahaina Luna's Division One, but it's still a, a very good venue. We've heard, and apparently, is a great great backdrop for sunset. You've got. Vendina Stadium on, uh, on Kauai. Uh, Hawaii Island has, I think, probably its its best venue is probably in West Hawaii, which is out at Keala Kehe. But take the Division II championship, take it to places where it definitely represents what's so great about Division II, is that it is not dominated by the OIA, in fact, and, and there's no ILH Division 2 that qualifies for Division 2. It is much more of a neighbor island championship than Division 1 is and, and Division 1 Open is. So take that one around, and I think you'll find when you do that, I think you'll get great crowds for it. Uh, I, I think you'll find that you'll have a, a, a really receptive audience that will, I think, get you more people than you might on Oahu, especially if you have two teams that are not from Oahu playing in, in that particular game. Those are the two things that I would love to see built into high school football in the next couple of years. If I had a wish list, give me a sixth league for just the open division teams with a challenge-like format with a mainland uh, a, a, a mainland league and which updates your state tournament system and... Take the Division II tournament and move it around the state. Put it in front of new eyeballs. Uh, Give some hardworking schools who do a great job hosting events every year. Give them an opportunity uh, to host a state championship. Give their concession folks, which many times they do it as fundraisers for, like, their cross-country program or for student government or something. Give them an opportunity to maybe make some extra revenue with a really, really good game. You know, have that opportunity for it to stay within the school. I think it would be awesome. Uh, share yours as well. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Something like that you want to see as part of your high school football wish list over the next couple of years, uh, feel free to share them with us. We'll check on the M Dyer Global Scoreboard coming up in just a moment. As we've got a number of Major League Baseball games underway, uh, I will not. Sorry, I will not give you scores from Premier League Lacrosse. That uh, that is not going to make our uh, our our uh, M Dire Global Scoreboard today. Uh, no apologies for that. It is not even something from ESPN the Ocho. That would be for what is on the Ocho now, World Chase Tag, which, by the way, is not just an Ocho thing. Uh, if you don't, if you want to know what World Chase Tag is, I have seen this like late at night um, on on ESPN platforms when. Uh, You know, it's not the Ocho, but basically you're in this, like, small square environment. There's a bunch of bars and platforms and stuff, and um, you basically are just running around. You're using the platforms. You're climbing. You're running. You're jumping. And you have to be able to last a certain amount of time as you're going up against someone who is waiting there to, uh, to try to run away. And uh, you're just trying not to get tagged. If you can last X amount of time on the uh, course without getting tagged, then uh, you score a point, if not point goes to someone else. That is a uh, world chase tag, and certainly it is much, much better than the Air Guitar Championship that they were throwing on earlier. Um, that's That goes in the competition of one that you guys had a few weeks ago before Kanoa left on vacation the is or isn't a sport. Not trying. I'm not trying to bring back the stress of that conversation. Keegan was fiery in that conversation. I'm not trying to bring it back. I'm just saying events like the Air Guitar Championship on ESPN, the Yocho, uh, make you once again bring up the boundaries of the question, what is... And what isn't a sport? The chase tag conversation, by the way, I put down as is. I don't. Uh, I don't think we need to have a conversation about that. We're in agreement. Yeah, we're in agreement on that. There's uh, there's a lot of skill and athleticism when it comes to that. Got another Sports Center update, which is coming up at the top of the hour. Great to have you in. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for allowing us in as we uh, close out your work week, get you into the weekend, and uh, hopefully get you onto a safe drive home. Uh, in San Francisco, we talked about the Niners a little while ago just because the San Francisco 49ers have a... Uh, they don't have a quandary they have a uh, quarterback opportunity which i think you can uh uh which i think you can look at we'll talk about this coming up at the uh, at the next hour in which Kyle Shanahan wants to uh curb the amount of fighting that he is seeing there in 49ers camp now the question is going to be uh whether it's good or bad we'll talk about that coming up next hour Patrick Texton, we were talking a little while ago about what we might want to see, your kind of wish list for uh, improving or or adding on to, improving is not the right word, adding on to uh, high school football. My ideas were create a sixth league just for the open division schools for football and to uh, take the Division two championship and play it on the neighbor islands. Give Kauai and Maui, and Hawaii Island, a chance to uh, host a championship that is much more representative of of them. At least now in the interim because you don't have uh, a true Aloha Stadium that you're going to have to wait on that for a little while. Uh, Patrick texts in, says, uh, I completely agree. Just want to see the best compete against each other regardless of leagues. Patrick shares a story saying, uh, my daughter was a gymnast. Only the top overall scores qualifies you for regionals. Same rules apply for Westerns and nationals. Uh, later says, again, only the best advances. It teaches a life lesson. If you want to be a champion and succeed, uh, you have to earn it to get it. There's no participation trophy. You don't get a trophy for showing up and say, I'm a winner. That's not how the real world works. Uh, Thanks you. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I think um, we do want to see the best play the best. And for the most part, I think we have it. I think it's an opportunity, and, and I, I use the open division as an example because I do want to see, more often than not, if you get one week where I'll give you an example of Moanalua playing Kamehameha and then Moanalua playing why and then maybe the next week Moanalua's got St. Louis, and that's your year. Um... You know, throw in one game where you're playing a mainland team. If you can work on some sort of a a scheduling agreement with a mainland team, I think it'd be really awesome. But every week, you're bettering yourself. That's part of what I think high school sports is, is supposed to also teach you, which is not just, you know, the opportunity to win and what it takes to win. But, you know, you're supposed to better yourself as well. You're bettering yourself. If you're in the classroom. You're bettering yourself when you're on the practice field. You're bettering yourself as a leader, and uh, whatever sport you're playing, you're bettering yourself in that area as well. And when you have that opportunity and can make that happen, um, I, I think it's a it's a win win for for everybody. And everybody's been kind of. Clamoring for it anyway. That's why you had so many people that were, you know, behind the idea of a of an OIA and and ILH football scheduling alliance in the first place a few years ago. That's why you had that. You had it because there were people who just wanted to see the best play the best every week. And and I and I I realize. Um. I realize that it's not as as simple as it sounds I get it but um I think if you have a chance to do it I think you do uh, and I don't I don't know how hard it is to make happen but I think it would be good for a lot of people involved to try to make it happen that's that's why I look at it that way and uh, and, and Patrick thank you for texting in to the radio program at 808. 2961420 you can get your thoughts in there as well via our Zephyr insurance text line. We're getting to NFL preseason now that we've got one game down. We've got the Pro Football Hall of Fame over with and to a degree thank you. <laughs> that that game yesterday was well it was a it was a Pro Football Hall of Fame game. And it wasn't great, but it was well it's it's gonna sound very, very corny. I don't care. Um but it was just good to have football back. Let's just strip the emotion out of it. It was just it was football. It was in front of us. It was something that we could say, <sighs> we we have it back. And every week now for the next however many weeks, we'll have we'll have football of some kind in front of us whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's pro. We'll, we'll have it now through, uh, through the beginning of February. But uh, uh, now what? Now you get into the preseason. And I think the question you ask yourself, depending on the team, is where do you now learn more about your team? How much will you really learn from three preseason games? how much will you really learn in camp where do you strike that balance of how you take away what is uh what is what is most important cuz you've got to make those cuts eventually uh to get your your uh your roster down for the regular season so where do you learn the most about your team we'll talk about that coming up especially in relation to the San Francisco 49ers who Well, Kyle Shanahan's not happy about something, is the emotion too far? That and more coming up. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. That just sounds outside of, uh, outside of playing Kihou Kahuano's Aloha Friday. That just sounds like, uh, the official start of the weekend. Hope you've, uh, I uh, hope you got plans coming up this weekend. Isn't uh, isn't New Kids on the Block this weekend? New Kids on the Block in TLC. You don't know. Keegan doesn't know. That's not that's not your uh, your musical genre that you care about. No. <laughs> that's all I've that's that's all I've heard from people. New Kids on the Block. Uh, in fact, I saw someone uh, not long ago where I live. They uh, trying to sell their tickets. Not not far from where I live. In fact, today. Uh, was declared New Kids on the Block Day by the city and county of Honolulu. Uh, they did a, a, a Hawaiian blessing. They had proclamations. And so uh, they, yeah, today, and I think this is, today is the first of, I think, several shows that they have. So actually, the weekend starts tonight. Do we have any uh, New Kids on the Block in the rotation? Or, or Keegan, do you know any New Kids on the Block songs? you do not. do you know any TLC songs? you do not. Wow um, okay well that's uh <laughs> that's something. Keegan knows nothing about new kids on the block and he knows nothing about TLC. Keegan over the next 10 days uh, we're gonna we're gonna get you a little caught up on the music that you missed. Either before you were born, or in your infancy stages of life, that you never got to experience, from two very iconic groups, we're gonna teach you a song. For example, um, uh, uh, we're not teach you a song. Waterfalls. You're, you're gonna we're gonna make you hear that. There's a song called. Uh, if, we're talking about TLC, by the way. No Scrubs. You're gonna want to know that. We're gonna uh, we're we're gonna get you involved in that, and then just for the effect of uh, knowing new kids on the block, it also means you're gonna have to have Wahlburgers at some point. At some point, while you start to learn new kids on the block music, you you don't look impressed. Like you don't look like you want to enjoy music from the '90s. See, the thing is. And this is where I, I'm. We're on the younger part of, of the demo here, the radio station. But I I listened to a lot of '90s music. There wasn't a lot of good '90s music. '90s music was very very bare with talent. But what was there, um, what was there in the '90s was actually really good. The best of well anything was really good. And then the drop off was really bad. So. In the next 10 days, Keegan, let me, when you have time, when you're not running around doing things, let me help you on 90s music. Is that is that a deal? Yeah. That's a deal. Admit it, it's a deal. It'll be. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808 296 1420. You can call us at 808 296 1420. You can send us your tweets. Uh, at sports animals you can get to me directly at Josh on the radio uh texter from the 258 high school football we are uh we are well underway texter says how is saint louis supposed to be with all the transfers they lost i think that's probably one of the biggest questions going into this season um and, and that's, and that honestly, that's, that's not meant to be one of those lazy answers. It is honest to goodness. One of the biggest question marks in the high school football season is what will St. Louis look like? And I also, I also realize that it's, it's a lot of attention to St. Louis when you've got the defending champs in, in Kahuku who will be back underway this weekend. Um, but as they said, and there's a there's a really good piece at ESPNHonolulu.com um, on St. Louis, part of our uh, 10 teams to watch countdown that uh, that our own Nick Abramo put together, and Ron Lee basically says um, next man up, and that is that's the way it's being described. As you look at this coming year, again, next man up. Uh Kahi Graham uh transferring over from uh from Utah. Uh Kal Noah Kamaka Viva Ole was the backup uh last year to AJ Bianco. He's there. So we we'll, we may see a little bit of a competition um, you know, at that quarterback spot very early on. But again, I think that that big question. We may not know it. We may not know the answer to this until September, and I'll say this for practically everybody: as long as you have all the, uh, you know, all the academic stuff, the ineligibles, as long as you're just getting back into the classroom, I will continue to say we won't know everything about these teams until uh, until September. But thanks for the text. Text Texter from the two five eight. Uh, Thomas is texting in, oh, Keegan. Thomas says, I will ask the same question that about Keegan that War Machine asked Iron Man concerning Spider-Man. Jeez, Josh, how old is this kid? Let's just say, no, do you want me to reveal your age because it's your birthday today, Keegan? Keegan doesn't want me to reveal his age. Um... All I will say is he is not the youngest person on this staff. He is the second youngest person on this staff, I believe. And that's just going by my scrambled brain at this moment because I had been sitting in different meetings for a good chunk of about three hours today. So it's a it's a little bit scrambled. Um, but let's just say this youngster was born toward the back end of the 90s And never got the chance to appreciate, fully appreciate, 90s music. Now, again, I have an FM music background from from my days on the Big Island. And uh, hot AC and uh, rhythmic CHR, radio lingo. I got to appreciate, even though I wasn't really born in it, I got to appreciate the 80s, even though I was born toward the very back end of the 80s because I was, I was kind of forced to because of the music. And then the 90s, because it was part of the playlist, even though that was really more of when I grew up. Um, and I got to really appreciate the fact that, you know, the 90s, it was really the same songs that were good and that was about it. So uh, I'm I'm trying to give the hope to Keegan that maybe he can appreciate some of the '90s music that kind of you know passed that he passed by. Um, Thomas also says, "New Kids on the Block was the '80s." Oh, was it the '80s? It feels like such '90s. Along with New Edition and the Jets, is it really New Kids on the Block were really the '80s? I can't believe that. Uh, not that I don't, not that I really don't believe you but I can't believe that New Kids on the Block is more of an 80s group. I guess they were 80s and 90s. They were 80s and 90s. They had um, Step by Step, and they had a couple of albums in the 90s. More of their stuff was in the late 80s with with some of their early hits, and then they had the reunion uh, several years ago, and uh, now they're kind of going and turning again. So I guess 90s is not inaccurate, 80s may be a little more accurate but uh but I I appreciate it Scott texton I'll be loving you new kids I don't remember that song. I don't know why I don't remember that song but uh I'll be loving you is the one that uh, that he throws out in front of us okay one more text here and it is not new kids on the block related and maybe that is a good thing texter from the 382. UH Football, going to games for us is an outing and eating. The various foods are what the kids look forward to. Will there be concession stands at the T.C. Ching, uh, Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex? Um, What we know of is we know they're going to have food trucks uh, that will be outside. The plan was initially, and I don't think it's changed, uh, the plan was that they were going to have uh, a concession area uh, within that, uh, w- within the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. Now, I will readily admit that I never really walked around in the area that would technically have the concession stand, but I know that it was talked about that they were going to have some of the uh, the items people were looking forward to. Um, but I, I, I don't recall where it actually is. And, and again, part of it is. I was kind of stuck in a booth the whole time, so I never really got to kind of walk around and and see where everything was as people were there and, and things were open. Uh, but I do believe there is supposed to be a concession. I don't know that it's a big concession, and it's not like, again, you, you kind of get spoiled, although you, for all the complaints that we had about the food at the current iteration of the Aloha Stadium, which was, well overpriced um kind of the same stuff and well honestly the best food at Aloha Stadium wasn't really even the Aloha Stadium food the best food at Aloha Stadium was some of the stuff that they had um near one of the entrances that had the you know a couple of like food trucks and and tables remember that some of the best stuff was there it wasn't going for a super expensive hot dog and fries, and it wasn't going for uh, like what what a, like a pizza. It was some of the other stuff you'd get kind of just on the side. And sometimes in those instances, the lines weren't all that long, which made it even better. And you knew it wasn't generic food because it was coming from like a food truck or like someone local. It wasn't coming from, you know, it was it was you kind of trusted it a little bit more because you knew it was a little more unique. So the food truck aspect, I think UH is going to hit a home run on this one. I know it's a baseball term and we're talking about football. I don't care. Um, I think they're going to hit a, a, an absolute home run on this one by introducing food trucks as part of the experience Um uh, outside obviously of the venue and likely you know before game kind of thing because they realize you know you you can't have um you can't have tailgating inside the uh the parking structures so it's it's a good faith thing really uh the island a spring game helped to to bring that along it's a good faith way to uh you know keep fans from being like hungry and being discouraged from going to a game and you might still have some fellowship. It might be a little bit different. Maybe you grab some food from the food truck, and maybe uh, you go back to your vehicle, and maybe you don't tailgate. Tailgate, I don't know. Can you sit down, like, open the truck bed? Like, if you got a truck, open the, uh, the, the truck door and just sit down there. If you're not, like, uh, actively grilling or anything like that, just sit there in your parking space in the back of your truck and enjoy some food. That's not the total definition of tailgating, right? But I do believe, yes. Um, Some of the same food I think that you would see inside Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center and some of the same food you'd see at Les Murakami Stadium and at Rainbow Wahine Softball Stadium would be some of the same stuff that you would see at the uh, Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. It is good to see that... uh, that there is interest. And I think you will see, you know, this texter talking about, uh, the kids looking forward to eating. I, I think that a lot of these people will be pleasantly surprised and that actually, we haven't really talked about it all that much. I think part of it is because we really haven't had the chance, but I think this texter actually brings it home for me when thinking about experience, um, we can complain and a lot of people can complain all they want about 9000 seats and they can complain all they want about um being on campus and not tailgating and you know everybody will find a complaint for something that's what people do in life now they complain before they compliment but i i actually think that being at being on campus, having the tailgating part kind of, you know, curtailed, um, pushed aside because of, of obvious technicalities, and the ability to create a more friendly uh, or a fan-friendly environment will, I think, bring families back to UH football. And, and not to say that families never went, but I think we, we had heard people in the past few years as uh, we saw how things were going at Aloha Stadium, I and mean, people talked about um, safety. People talked about um, you know, their concerns that you know, it wasn't a, a good venue to, to take their kids. Um, you know, you have, you have a smaller environment, which means there's going to be more accountability. Uh, which I think will be important. You'll have security, which is much closer there. So if someone's being a, if someone's being a donkey, you know, while the game is going on, security can get there a lot better. Um, it's not really as open. I couldn't find the better word. I just used it. Um, you know, it's it's well lit when you're going outside, when you're leaving, when you're going to uh, to your vehicle at the parking structure. And, in fact, part of that, if you, you know, again, it's it, it it's covered. You feel like it's a little more secure. We've talked before about ways to bring back people to University of Hawaii football because we've seen those crowds at the old Aloha Stadium. Again, I know it's a 9,000-seat venue, but um, this is one of those ways that you can bring back people is – having a really good experience and most importantly cuz this is not like this is not like college town football this is football for the entire community that just happens to be college football it's different here some people on the mainland just won't understand it's different here and we like it that way but i think this will create the kind of environment that will not only bring families Maybe not back, but bring more of those families to the game. But as things transition over to the uh, the new Aloha Stadium Entertainment District, you'll see a lot of those people transition there too. And I would expect that uh, I I would expect uh, I, I would expect them to uh, continue to, to go with the new venue text from the 291 you could have said Democrats in place of donkey <laughs> uh I'm not going to get we're, it's not a political conversation so no I wouldn't be using that word I'll just say you said it not me we're not we're not playing uh we're, we're not playing the zoo with politics today. Dexter also says, uh, since we've uh, mentioned music from the 90s, Dexter says, Nightwish, a Finnish symphonic metal band from 1996 to present. Most requested song is Ghost Love Score. What? <laughs> uh, there's See, there's one genre of music from the 90s I don't know. And that is metal. <laughs> I am uh, I am not a metalhead, so Texter, you just sent that one right over my head. Sports Center update coming up in just a couple of moments. Another look at traffic. Apparently, things on on Vineyard right now not so great. Got an update on that coming up in just a little while. Neil in on our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. First time I can remember, where multiple local high school teams are playing national powers: St. Louis and Bishop Gorman, uh, Mililani, Mission Viejo, Kahuku, St. John Bosco, and St. Francis. Uh, and then uh, Kahuku, national top 10, two wins, runs the table. St. Louis and Mililani could uh, could put up good showings. I I enjoy the fact that we've got uh, these mainland versus uh, versus Hawaii matchups. It is uh, it is good to see these programs getting together uh, and really good opportunities. I mean, we've seen we've seen St. Louis put themselves on the map with uh, with some of its performances. We've seen them, you know, nationally uh, get the respect that they have tried to earn. I don't know what this year is going to look like, uh, but definitely Kahuku. Uh, Seeing uh, seeing what Kahuku has on its schedule. I'll, I'll go back to what we talked about earlier. What Kahuku has on its schedule is, uh, is being daunting. And if Kahuku is playing for a state championship in 2022, if they are in, uh, my, my bold prediction on, uh, on on St. Louis, oh, not St. Louis. My bold prediction on Kahuku is, if they're able to get to the state championship game in the open division with its schedule, I would have to believe that if they get there, they're winning it. That they're the favorite to win it. I really believe they are. Uh, they are best suited to be. Uh, they they are best suited. To win a state championship, I believe in the uh, in, in the open division, and I think most importantly, of the ten teams playing in the open division, Kahuku, with what they have, probably presents the least amount of questions about uh, uh, about what they bring on the field uh, every week. One more. Uh, apparently, we touched a nerve on New Kids on the Block. Uh, Scott says uh, sorry I should be texting about sports but says the best song in the 90s was end of the road by boys to men see we got we got to new kids on the block we got to TLC which apparently no one seems to to care about as much and uh, now you've got end of the road from boys to men which was yes a uh, a very very good song I would be remiss if I didn't mention that for whatever reason in one of our meetings today we were talking about, Ballads. We were talking about music scheduling and ballads, and uh, Keegan doesn't know what a ballad is. All he all he listens to is all the uh, all the hyped up stuff, all the stuff with about with all the not so authentic instruments that makes up all those hype songs. That's all you listen to. Uh, yeah, Boyce Man End of the Road, power ballad, power hit. In the 90s. Thanks for uh, drudging back up something we, we had in one of our meetings today. Uh, of the three hours of meetings we had on this day today. Coming up, I said we would get to it. We didn't get to but we will coming up next. Kyle Shanahan's worried about fights. Should he be? We got another look at the M. Dyer Global scoreboard coming up in just a couple of moments. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for taking us along. Final thought on the program uh, coming up in just a little while. National Football League news. Now that we've gotten one game in the books our uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame game between uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now that we've gotten that in the books, we can now kind of, not just look ahead at actual football, uh, but kind of take a deeper dive into some of these teams and what some of these teams uh, really have in front of them. I'm looking at, San Francisco, we've talked so much, and we're not going to spend all the time in the world on Jimmy Garoppolo and what happens to him. And, you know, the, the, the concern is whether Trey Lance is truly healthy, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. Um, there is apparently kind of an edge right now on this team, and there have been some guys who have uh, well-thrown punches. In fact, it happened with uh, Fred Warner and Brandon Ayuk. There were uh, punches thrown twice during practice on Tuesday. And Kyle Shanahan actually addressed it with the media today. Uh, He wants them to be competitive, but he doesn't want them to cross a line. Said, and I quote, I want everyone challenging each other. I don't care how much bleep each other talks. I don't care how close they get to fighting. They can do whatever they want to get themselves to be as intense as they want and bring the best out of each other, which happens a lot that way, and it's the same on the field. Uh, But he continues, but once you throw a punch, you get ejected or you get a penalty and we pride ourselves on, I want people to be irritants. I want people to get as uh, as close as they can to all that stuff. I want people to get right on the line when they're about to black out, but you can't black out on the football field or you cost your team. We've had a couple of instances this week, and it wasn't just San Francisco. San Francisco's one, um, you know, coming with a couple of players with one another. Uh, There was a late hit that sent someone to concussion protocol, and that had been kind of brewing a little bit. There was another one, and it wasn't talked about as much, which is you may have seen the video with Josh Allen earlier this week. You don't touch quarterbacks in camp. And Josh Allen was in the pocket. A play was ending, and he didn't get really taken down, but someone touched him. And Josh Allen wasn't happy about it, and he lost his cool. The player involved was involved in that, and some of the offensive linemen were also involved too. And uh, because someone caught it on video because they were there, sometimes training camp is open. It became something that was kind of viral because – everybody saw that Josh Allen was not running away from something. In fact, Josh Allen was kind of, well, challenging one of his teammates because you should know better than to touch someone who's a quarterback when they are in camp. That is an absolute no-no. But it's funny because... You know, I love that. It doesn't. It it didn't get talked about all that much, and and maybe that's a good thing. Why? Because I love the fact that a quarterback, um, you know, quarterback got into it. Josh Allen was was very much hyped up by it, and yeah, he got his teammates around him. They were they were behind him. Everybody knows the rule: don't touch a quarterback in camp. There is no way of making a name for yourself in camp by doing that. It is only going to cost you the opportunity to make a name for yourself. So don't do it. But it's great, you know, when there's fire for, uh, for a reason. And I think it, it holds people accountable. You know, when I hear Kyle Shanahan talking about well, we can't cross the line. You know, I, I get it. I mean, you one, your game situations will show that that's gonna hurt you, it's gonna hurt your team. But I also I, I also don't have a problem with it at the same at the same time. If you've got a teammate who is well, he's annoying the heck out of you, and then you have a situation in which you're kind of upset because um, that that individual did something that well, it hurt your team. Sent someone into concussion protocol. You know, I have no problem with a teammate deciding. You know what? I've had enough of it, and we're gonna go to blows. And I'm gonna stand up for. I'm gonna stand up for my guy. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna make a scene because you know I've got a I've got a I've got a teammate to look out for, and I, it's it's kind of looked at as as leadership in a way. It's it's one thing if it is showing frustration or getting to blows or fighting because well, I don't know, you're bored or you know, you're you're doing something stupid or you just wanna cause a ruckus or you wanna fire someone up. That's that's one thing. It is another thing if you have that and it's because you're literally sticking up for someone, and that's why you've got, you know, brouhaha going on at camp. And to me, if I were Kyle Shanahan, um, maybe I don't like the punches. Maybe I don't like this thought of crossing a line, but you know what I'm going to love? I am going to love teammates sticking up for teammates. And you know what I would do? I would make sure I've got video of what happened because we know why it happened. Just like if I were in Buffalo, I would do the same thing. I would take that video of Josh Allen getting upset because he got touched in the pocket when we know you're not supposed to touch a quarterback. And when there is ever a point when you feel like your team is losing a little bit of its edge, that... um, you know they're 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 getting complacent. They're not standing up for one another. Uh, they're playing bad football. They're getting tossed around. You know, if I were a coach next time I'd see that, I would um, I would seriously consider popping that tape with everybody in the room. And I'd say, you see this, uh, this is emotion, this is fire. This is players rallying around a cause. It might not be the most desired way of doing it, but this is what a team looks like when it is fighting for something. And I would say to that team, if they are struggling and they need that little bit of a pick-me-up, I'd say right now, you are fighting for nothing. You're not fighting on the field. You're not fighting to compete. Look at this. This was a fight and it was a fight that you should think about and make each other better from. Don't run away from conflict sometimes. I know you want team unity, you want all the nicey nice stuff. But don't run away from the conflict. Embrace the conflict. Turn that into a uh turn that into a way that's going to make you better. And I think there are plenty of ways of doing it.
2: It's a load of Friday.
0: No about right this isn't this may not be new kids on the block since they start their shows tonight
2: but this is about right for
0: 5:50 in the afternoon keep it up I mean you said poke on the side and all of a sudden I am I am now hungry for uh, for a poke bowl which I, I I'll be honest I had one for lunch <laughs> Can't get greedy by having it more than once, can you? It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, Thank you, all of you, for uh, getting in touch with the program today. A lot of you uh, connected with us on everything from new kids on the block to finish metal. I don't know that we could have gone much farther than what we actually did with a text message on Finnish metal to high school football and the uh, uh, you know what it's going to be like going to UH football games uh, we we ran a whole bunch of things today it was a smorgasbord of a Friday and you know what I was here for it it was uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, glad you could be along with the ride uh, along the ride with us, so uh, thank you so much for uh, for allowing us in. As uh, we get you on your way home, uh, we'll be back on Monday, and, uh, and and we'll get you ready for. We got we got so many things next week. We've got Pigskin Pig Out next Thursday. Uh, we've got the uh, really big road show, which is next Tuesday at Growler Hawaii. Uh, we've got so many things lined up, uh, next week, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, call the coach is a week and a half away at, uh, at Ruby Tuesday in, uh, in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. I don't know what that look was that you gave me because you've got a lot of stuff that's gonna be on your plate next week, too, Keegan. So you're gonna enjoy it like you've enjoyed the birthday cookies you got today. Uh, happy birthday to Keegan. Uh, by the way, uh, Thank you to Keegan's, uh, Keegan's great mom and dad because uh, they sent cookies here to the studio. It was one of those uh, edible arrangements ones. And uh, it was funny because Keegan was genuinely surprised at who was going to send him edible arrangements to the studio. You had no clue who it was going to come from. Be honest with me, Keegan. I don't know if your parents are listening. Um, if they are, even better. When you found out, when you got a phone call that you got a delivery from Edible Arrangements coming your way, who did you think? Who was the first person you thought that was going to send you an Edible Arrangements?
1: I thought it was going to be someone in, like, someone within our in our company because look, okay. they know that they know the exact the address and the studio, the suite number.
0: Okay, so of the someone who works here. Who did you think it was? I thought it was Ashlyn
1: she said <laughs> earlier she said she tricked me saying, "Oh, look, there's there, I have your gift," and then shows me nothing in the room. Yeah, that's right.
0: We um we combined on that to uh to try to get you to think that it was it was her, until uh until you smartly opened it up and realized you got a really really nice message from uh, from your mom and dad. That was really really cool, and uh, they allowed me to eat a cookie. Uh, which was very good as well uh, as a snickerdoodle, so very good. So I uh, hope, yeah, I hope you enjoy your birthday plans this weekend. Which are your birthday plans? What uh, are
1: they? Having some fun with friends tonight, and then uh, online safely, and then going out to uh, dinner with family. <laughs> what, it, what do you mean
0: online safely? What is what does that mean? Well,
1: well COVID distance because there's like twenty of us that are going to be doing.
0: Stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, what are you what are you talking about? You got through like a to... firewall or something online. It's the social distancing gaming, <laughs> gaming, uh, gaming event, you know. Good. Well, enjoy it. Uh, you've earned it. Keegan's one of uh, uh, one of the best members we've got on our team. And uh, while I get to fill in here in the afternoon for a little while, uh, it's good to have him on our team. And uh, I'm glad we get to celebrate your birthday on the air. And I get to have a cookie as part of that celebration. So, uh, so even better. Texter from the uh, 781. Talking about football. Says, uh, the reason football is such a great game for me is nothing to do with the violence and the -the over-the-top emotion that seems to be mentioned a lot. Blocking and tackling should be crisp and clean and always be done in the safest possible manner. The strategy debates among the fans and the athleticism of the players is what makes the game great. He... um, he had me lost at blocking and tackling should be crisp and clean. <laughs> I, I I'm willing to guess. I don't know. I don't know who this is, uh, but I'm willing to guess this texture from the seven, eight, one is probably a coach because who else says blocking and tackling should be crisp and clean. Everything else, however, uh, the strategy debates are great. The athleticism, uh, these these players are more athletic than ever. Yes, absolutely. All of those things make the game great. Um, I watch it because, A, I could never play it. That's not the main reason why. Um, B, I watch it because I know I'm not going to get the same game every game. And um, there is something dramatic about the sport and what can happen on any given play. Yeah, the athleticism. Yeah, the hard hits of it that makes it a can't miss. Uh, As much as I love baseball and I am a baseball guy, um, football is still a cannot miss sport for me every time I get it on a television. And yes, that means... If it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame game, then yes, I am not missing the Pro Football Hall of Fame game like we had yesterday to see uh, Myron Tongavailoa-Mosa get some time on the field and get a tackle. Uh, That's it. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, We've got baseball this weekend, including Giants in Oakland. In uh, the Bay Area rivalry, that's going to be on Sunday. Enjoy that. Uh, We'll see you Monday at 3. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM, 1420 AM.